Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Kearns. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm filling in as your guest host today for Brad Kearns. He's probably out doing some speed golf or causing some athletic trouble or another. If you haven't heard already, I wanted to make an announcement that Mark Sisson has created Primal Kitchen, which will be offering a line of Primal condiments and sauces, and the first launch is a paleo mayonnaise that is not to be believed. I have been a huge mayonnaise fan forever, but I stopped eating it when I went paleo, and I never got around to making it on my own. So go to primalkitchen.com to learn more and subscribe for the updates. The mail will be available for purchase in just a few weeks. You will not want to miss that. That's February 4th. And let's get to our guest, who is really fun, uh, introducing Eli Rohde. Her website is paleoagent.com. That's paleoagent, A-G-E-N-T.com. She is a paleo coach, a Primal Blueprint certified expert, and also a registered yoga teacher and licensed esthetician. So welcome, Eli. How are you? I am great. How are you? Good. You have a really interesting story that I find fascinating. I myself have never been a vegan or vegetarian. I'm sure like a lot of people, I've dabbled in it here and there for a month or two. But you were a vegetarian for 22 years and then completely did a 180 and went primal. And I want to just explain to the listeners how primal. I mean, you were eating marrow the other night when we were out. You make your own bone broth. I mean, you, you, are, you, are, you have your own chickens. I mean, you, you don't just eat a couple of eggs here and there. You went full force. So I really want to hear your story about that because it's really fascinating. So tell us, how did you first become a vegetarian? Well, I was living in Nebraska, which is the heartland, as we know, um, I was raised by a vegetarian, so I was never really, I never really had a meat heavy diet, even though I was in the heartland. And I completely recall the impetus that made me become a vegetarian. I traveled to Chicago to visit some family there, and I had never had Ethiopian food. And we went to an Ethiopian restaurant, and I ate the food, and we had ordered all just we had just incidentally ordered meat-free dishes. And I ate the Ethiopian food and I loved it because I love ethnic food and it was so delicious. And I told myself, you know what? If food without meat can be this delicious, then I'm never eating meat again. And I had had, you know, I had always had this weird kind of guilt thing about eating meat anyway. I think a lot of that came from living in Nebraska. When you drive around on the freeways, you see the big trucks full of cows that I always assumed were going to slaughter. And you can, you're on the freeway and you look over and you see their big, beautiful brown eyes looking at you. And I used to really feel guilty about it. So when I had the Ethiopian food and I loved it so much, I said, that's it. I'm never eating meat again. I'm never eating meat again because food doesn't need to be meat. So I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to see how long it lasts. But as you know, I usually pretty much go all the way into things. So uh, I, I, I was a vegetarian until I was 40. So full force vegetarian. And then so now living that vegetarian life for so long and being a champion of that cause and believing in it, and I'm sure wishing other people around you even went to it, thinking it was the best way of life for you. What, what was it that led you on a path to even consider thinking about meat? I know it wasn't an instant, you know, obviously it didn't happen in a week, but I know there was a, a process there. So what takes someone from being a vegetarian for 22 years to start to look at not being a vegetarian? Tell us about what happened there. 
Well, what's funny is hindsight is twenty twenty, as they always say. <laughs> yep. And I distinctly remember, of course, I never put it together at the time, but I remember that after I became a vegetarian for about a year, I was having joint pain. Um, I would like go to open a jar and my wrist would hurt. I would be buttoning my shirt and my fingers would hurt. I've always been an avid exerciser. I would feel really, 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 really sore. I actually went to the doctor and they said, well, it sounds like you just have, you know, arthritis and take some anti-inflammatories, which I'm also not exactly pro taking pills. So I didn't do it. And I just continued on with my life as a vegetarian. And I wasn't, you know, a vegan. I I actually was a vegan briefly, but I didn't feel well while I was a vegan. So I was a vegetarian and, you know, I ate butter and eggs and all of that. Um, I did eat a lot of fake meat, a lot of processed foods, a lot of pasta, all of it. So I ended up doing this quote unquote cleanse because I am one of these people that has tried every diet in the world, every diet in the world that you sure. can think yeah, of. Me too. I hear you. Yeah. Like most of us. Um, and it wasn't always because I was looking to lose weight. Oftentimes it, I think looking back once again, I really like experimenting on myself. I like to see what the results are. You know, I tried this and this is what happened. I tried this and this is what happened. And I did this, like I say, cleanse. And I'm, I'm not I'm not pro-cleanse, I'm not anti-cleanse, but I did this cleanse when I was 39, I guess. And I didn't have anything but fruits and vegetables for 21 days. And no grains, no processed foods, no meat. Um, no dairy, I assume. No dairy, correct. And I noticed partway through, aside from the fact that I was really hungry. <laughs> I, uh, I, that's a great primal joke, but yeah, we all know. Yes. I <laughs> noticed, Sugar burner. <laughs> Go ahead. I noticed that I wasn't sore. Now I say mm-hmm. sore and, and that was kind of how I always thought of it in my mind. Um, I realize now ultimately I was experiencing, experiencing inflammation right. on some level. And so I wasn't like super sore. Now also, I mean, we can assume I wasn't working out to my regular level, we would think because I was eating only fruits and vegetables, but I wasn't not working out either. So I just felt less sore. I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't feel this crickety, crackety, rickety way that I sometimes felt, which I didn't think was normal when I was 26. And I still didn't think was normal when I was 39. I basically just noticed that that was gone. And I thought, oh, well, maybe this is because like I'm a raw vegan or I I really didn't know where it was coming from, but I continued down the path. And in this cleanse, you know, you add this and then you add that. You gradually, it's it's kind of a elimination, elimination reintroduction. Yes, exactly. So when I got to the point where I started adding grains, it was mind-blowing how quickly I felt the inflammation come back. Wow. And again... I may be more prone to this than other people. You know, maybe this is my thing. You know, I have, uh, we have some autoimmune issues in my family and it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, I feel it. I feel the weird. I'm going to open a jar and my wrist hurts. I'm going to button a shirt and my fingers hurt. It's back. It's this quote unquote soreness, which I now know is inflammation is back. Right. It's all I can think is that it's got to be the grains because that was what I added back in. So I started Googling because I'm a big Googler, <laughs> which can be, you know, a double-edged sword. As we all know, you can go on any website and think you're dying or find the cure for your death. Right. And um, I started Googling and I was looking up, you know, autoimmune diseases and this, autoimmune diseases and that. And I specifically started down the grain path. Right. I, I hate to say it because I know so many people love quinoa, but I specifically was going down the quinoa path 
because that was always, as a vegetarian, kind of my favorite grain because it has a, a lot of protein. It's super versatile. It's delicious. You can put it in an omelet. You can put it in a salad. And you can technically do not considered a grain more than a seed, but still has a little anti-nutrients. bit of Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It still has the anti-nutrients. And, and again, I was going down the quinoa path, which led me to the whole path of, I ended up Googling Hashimoto's and grains, rheumatoid arthritis and grains, celiac, obviously, and grains, um, Crohn's disease and grains. I just started looking up autoimmune diseases and grains. And I kept finding these links that were upsetting, to say the least, about diets high in processed foods being negative for people who are prone to or have autoimmune diseases. And so, of course, you know, I went to bed that night and my brain was spinning and I kind of thought about it all night long. And I got up the next day and did some more Googling and I ended up on Mark's website. Uh, That's uh, Mark's Daily Apple. Yeah, Mark's Daily Apple. And I started reading, you know, just like crazy, just every article. And this was quite a while ago, so I don't even think there was quite the archive of articles that there is now. I started reading um, Mark's Daily Apple and and Mercola. Mercola also had a lot of articles about greens and autoimmune diseases. And I just started, you know, really diving in because that's what I do. And, you know, there were there were medical articles. There were uh, there were there were so much information and I really pursued it and went all the way. I got the books. I, I watched you know, whatever I could on YouTube. I saw documentaries. Um, but at this point, you were still vegetarian, right? Oh, You're yeah. You're just oh, looking yeah. at the grains at this yeah. point. You haven't yeah. even thought about the uh, the other. Okay. No, 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 no. And so then I decided, actually, originally I said, okay, I'm going to be gluten-free. And then I, I was like, you know what? It seems like maybe I could just be grain-free. And I had actually talked to a girlfriend of mine who had gone grain-free recently. And she said, oh, just you know, I actually think it might be easier for you to just go grain-free. And I was like, okay, what the heck? I'll give it a shot. So I did. And I went grain-free and I felt great. However, I was still a vegetarian and I was new to the whole thing. And as anyone new to paleoprimal eating may tell you, sometimes at first you're like, I don't know what to eat. Right. Which sounds so silly to me now, but back then it, you know, it was a real thing. I was like, I don't know what to eat. So I was eating a lot of nuts. I was eating a lot of avocados because you were trying to be a primal vegetarian at the time is what you're saying. You were trying to work that in there, but still not. Yeah. Eat meat. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was hungry. I was hungry, you know, because I didn't have the bulking up quote unquote of the meal with the pasta or the rice or the quinoa or the bread or whatever. So I was hungry and I was eating a lot of avocados and a lot of nuts. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to eat meat. I just had this idea. I was like, I think I'm going to eat meat. Maybe I'm just going to try some meat. Now, let's backtrack a second because so being a vegetarian for 22 years, I mean, I've heard from you and other vegetarians that, you know, you spend your whole life picking into food and looking to make sure meat is not there. That's like the life of a vegetarian is constantly double checking to make sure that substance is not in your food. And so what was that thought? I mean, how did that thought come about? Was it something you read? Was it something you just thought, I'm going to try it? What the heck? Well, no. And I have to tell you that at first, I didn't really tell anyone because I had a weird, I hate to use the word shame, but I feel like there was some shame because I had been that girl who had been a vegetarian for so long. And I wasn't just a vegetarian. I was a prophet of vegetarianism, (laughs) you know? And I talked about it all the time and and people would say, oh, you're thin because you're a vegetarian, which is ridiculous because you can eat McDonald's French fries all day and call yourself a vegetarian, right? Sure, sure. I had a lot of, I guess, guilt and shame. I was like, you know, this is this is part of my identity, being a vegetarian. And if I'm going to let go of it, I don't really know how to feel about that. Yeah. Now, 
once again, like I said, I really went down the learning path on paleo and primal. And I had seen many documentaries about food and about properly raised animals. And I'm not saying I'm, you know, Miss Animal Rights USA. But again, goes back to my original thought of when I saw the cows in the, you know, in the, Mm -hmm. in the, on the trucks, and I felt bad about it. And once I learned about properly raised animals, properly fed animals, properly cared for animals, I thought to myself, you know what, I want to support that. And I'm hungry. (laughs) And, (laughs) And when you put those two things together, I can make peace with it in my mind. And in your reading, did you just, in reading about paleo nutrition, reading the primal blueprint, I mean, is there, I'm sure that information just made you eventually want to, I guess, just try it. But it is a, it's a weird transition. I mean, again, I've not been in that situation, but I imagine how tough and again, embarrassing and shameful and awkward because you've spent your whole life profitizing about something and now you're going to, you know, dip into the enemy camp. I mean, right. Uh, so tell us, how did you, what was, then what did you try? Like, what did you do? Tell us like that, you know, it was it in secret. What did you, you like slip some, sneak some, sneak some hamburgers in? What, what did you do? Well, here's what's funny because like I said, the, the way I came to peace with it in my mind was, okay, I'm going to eat properly raised animals. I'm going to support that cause. And what did I do? I'll tell you what I did. I said, today's the day I'm going to eat meat. Today's it. And I walked down the street in Manhattan Beach to my local liquor store that is also a little food mart. And I got a package of liquor store bacon. <laughs> the worst, and, yeah, like not just processed like with nitrate. Worst, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. But however, let's not forget bacon. They call it the gateway meat. It was the one meat that I always, my entire vegetarian life thought it smells so good. Bacon mm-hmm. smells good. I remember, I kind of remember that bacon was delicious, you know? Right. And so I got myself a, a pack of liquor store bacon and I ate the entire thing. How was that? How did that feel? <laughs> Were you like laughing and eating bacon by yourself in your kitchen, just with the blinds closed? Like, oh, you know, what's funny is I went to a friend's house and cooked it over there because I you needed support. <laughs> I needed support. And again, it was like, it was like the shame thing. Like, well, if I cook it at somebody else's house, it's not even like I'm, maybe there's no evidence. <laughs> you know? Sorry, I'm not even doing it. It could be theirs. If I get caught exactly. red-handed, I could just put the pan in their hand. Yeah, no one will smell the bacon smell coming out of my house, you know. So, so what was it like? Um, what was it like? Well, I mean, obviously, you it was a gateway meat for you. <laughs> now you're eating marrow and making bone broth, but yes, it was delicious, of course, because bacon is delicious. Obviously, I've found much better sources of bacon since that day. Um, it was delicious, and it was you know salty and smoky and all of those things that I love, and. I I remember thinking, you know, I had heard false information along my journey of if you're a vegetarian and you just suddenly eat meat, you're going to get really sick. Mm. So I also had that moment of, boy, I hope I don't get really sick. Well, and I don't know, maybe people could get really sick from eating a whole package of bacon in general. (laughs) So so I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, but here I am. I lived. It turned out I was fine. So that that's great. And then after that, that was it. Um, from that day forward, were you just trying different types of meat at that point? Actually, no. I um, just stuck with bacon for a while. <laughs> I, I kind of did. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and you know, and I kind of stuck with bacon for a while, and I started looking into you know where can I get this quote unquote properly raised meat that I've read so much about, you know, and um, I, I kind of had a thing like, well, I think I'm just gonna eat a few kinds of meat. I'm not going to branch out. I mean, bacon was what I liked. Maybe I'll just eat bacon. And then one day I ate a burger, you know, and it was so delicious and tasty. And then I have a girlfriend who was like, oh, you have to try prosciutto and you have to try pastrami. And and she knows my taste in food. So she knew certain things that I was really going to like. And it was like... That's like being blind and then getting eyes, as far as I'm concerned, because I've been eating meat my whole life and love all those things you (laughs) mentioned. So I can only imagine, like, as an adult, you're all of a sudden like, what? Oh, my gosh. It was like a whole new world, you know? It was was fun. 
and it and it was interesting and I was like okay I like that one I don't love that one oh that one's boring and this one's fun and I want to try more of that and I don't know I kind of just I remember going to Whole Foods beautiful meat counter that they have there at Whole Foods and saying I actually, I ended up becoming friends with the butcher, which is ironic um, and hilarious. Um, And I'd be like, can I try that? Okay, now can I try that? Okay, now can I try that? And he thought I was so funny, you know, like, what is this girl in here doing? And I told him, I was like, well, I used to be vegetarian and I want to try all this meat. And he loved it. He was like, oh, "Oh, now I want you to try this. And do you like organ meat? Try this. Oh, you're like his favorite customer for like the first several months. That's great. Oh, he still knows my name. Believe me. Now, let me, let me go back real quick. I want to talk about that transition you made then to, you know, finally then becoming a meat eater and then going fully primal. And we'll get into why you eventually got certified later. But did you get any backlash from people, vegetarian friends, family? I mean, was there backlash when you finally came out of the closet to admit that you had, you know, finally started eating meat? That must have been awkward. I mean, did you like hide it from people for a while? Like go out with vegetarian friends and then not eat meat with them, you know, for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. I definitely didn't scream it from the mountaintops um, out of the gate, you know. I... I I wasn't like a closet meat eater, but I also wasn't like posting it on social media (laughs) or anything. (laughs) Where Um, now you are, now you are, but yeah, yeah, now I am. Um, I, I, I hate to use the word backlash, but I definitely, there was some quote unquote judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I heard some people say, why would you do that? Or I don't, I don't know. I feel like it made some people think that maybe I was full of BS before when I was being the prophet of vegetarian world and now I was eating meat. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess, but you know what? I, I didn't care. I yeah, didn't no, care. Sure. No, we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you well enough to know that, but uh, I just always wonder, you know, cause you know, when you're part of something like that and like you said, being sort of a prophet of it in a way. Um, yeah. so let's talk about the inflammation for a second. So then, you know, you transitioned to eating meat again and then obviously went through that discovery, became more and more primal. Um, and how long did it take for you to really get yourself rid of, you know, not only the hunger and the, you know, but the, the pain, I mean, everything, finally get to where you wanted to be? Um, to be honest, I would say like a good six to eight months. Yeah. And, you know, again, it was because I was in this whole new world and I... I really like to do my research. I really like to go all the way down the path with anything I'm I'm learning about, you know. And so, yeah, it took me uh, – the inflammation took probably actually less than two months till I really felt like it was gone, gone, gone. gone. And like I said, I noticed the difference of that doing a 21-day cleanse, you know. But I think to really – clear out whatever it is, took a little bit longer. Um, I started to feel, I started to sleep better. I started to kind of like feel stronger if that is relatable in any way. Sure. Um, yeah. Tell us about the, the, the new, you know, the new experience then of physically what you felt versus before when you were a vegetarian. Cause you had 22 years of that. So what were the improvements? Well, I, I noticed that when I was a vegetarian, I used to bonk a lot, you know, bonking, as they say, in the cardio world and endurance sports world. I don't even and, know what that means. Oh, it's... um, <laughs> It it's sounds what, shady. I, it's, I, was, <laughs> I thought, hey, wait, we got to edit this out. Uh-oh, no. <laughs> no, it's a real term. Bonking is, um, well, for, for most people, it's when you're basically kind of like out of energy, which yeah. oftentimes is because you're out of carbs and your body is relying on carbs as the main fuel source. Sure. And so you're doing whatever it is you're doing and you just feel like you're going to crash emotionally, mentally, physically. I really used to get that a lot. Right. I used to be you know, out in the world and I'd say, oh my gosh, I'm starving. And I'd stop at a grocery store and get like a, a a whole box of granola cereal because I thought that was good for me <laughs> and and just eat it in my car. Yeah. Because no, I used to do that too, even when I was a meat eater. I mean I have always been a meat eater, but even when I was a sugar burner and yes. a meat eater, I would be so crazy 
hungry, I'd have to pull yep. over to a grocery store, run up to the deli, ask for some sliced turkey, shove it in my face before like the next 20 minutes on the way home. I couldn't even wait another 20 mm. minutes in the 45 minute car ride from, you know, Hollywood to Malibu or whatever it was. And it was awful. Um, the every three to four hours hunger we're talking about when people are sugar burners and relying on glucose to fuel the body versus fat, which is paleo and primal being a fat burning beast and using fat as the primary fuel. So, so yeah, so I can imagine that was an interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, that was the biggest difference I, I noticed overall, you know, the inflammation went away. Fantastic. Great. Awesome. I felt really strong because I wasn't bonking. I wasn't running out of fuel. That was amazing. I wasn't starving, which was such freedom. Yeah. I can barely tell you I know. how freeing it is to not be starving and be a slave to food. And like I'm I said, you. I slept better it was like my brain worked better. And, you know, I didn't fully even realize back then my brain was working better. Of course my brain's working better because it's running properly. It's not spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping from all these crazy fluctuations in my blood sugar throughout the day. Yeah, no, it's, it's really an amazing change, like I've told everyone else. And a lot of Mark Sisson's uh, success stories say the same thing, which is that this is the only thing that really eliminated and fixed and resolved my, my food addiction, which is what people say. And I, I right. had one too. It is, it does feel like an addiction because you are constantly thinking about food. You can't go very long without it. And, uh, it's just the drops and the highs and the lows are brutal in so many ways. But now that you're primal, uh, so you've been primal now, how long? About five plus years or so? Uh, about five. Yeah. Now, you've been in a licensed esthetician for a long time, had your own business for many, many years, still do on the side. But let's talk about your experience then. You learned about paleo nutrition because you have told me a lot of amazing before and after type of experiences with clients that would come in with acne and then eliminating certain things from their diet, like grains and dairy, and then just a miraculous sort of improvements. Can you talk about like skin and what you've observed over the years, you know, once you knew about primal paleo nutrition? Yes, of course. So as much as I like to experiment on myself, I like to experiment on others (laughs) as well. (laughs) And so, you know, I had this, uh, uh, lab rat-esque bunch of clients who are always looking, you know, to, that's why they come to an esthetician. They want to look better. They want their skin to be better. They want it to be clear. Now, various people have various problems. This person is really dry. This person has acne. People have rashes that they don't really understand. People have fungus, um, et cetera, et cetera. Name a skin problem. I'm telling you right now, primal paleo lifestyle maybe won't cure it, but can manage the symptoms or can help it or can alleviate a lot of the problems. I mean, acne for, for me personally, that was what I noticed with the quinoa. And again, it could have been rice. It could have been anything. And I hate to, to hate on quinoa because I, again, loved it so much. But, um, I, started telling people, you know, okay, well, you seem to have this, you know, weird rash that you can't figure out, or you have tinea, or you have acne, or you have this, these scales, maybe it's seborrheic dermatitis, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't you try just give it a shot, giving up, and these would be the two things I would tell them, flour and sugar. Try just giving up flour and sugar till the next time we meet, which I mostly saw my clients once a month. And, and essentially by flour, you know, you mean grains overall. Now there's things like, you know, coconut flour, almond meal, which is, you know, almond flour, but we're talking about just grains and grain flour, which is how a lot of people understand it. Cause they can look at flour, like they don't understand the definition of grains maybe per se, but they get when they look at breads and other things that that's flour. Correct. Right. And, you know, or, or I would say like wheat flour and sugar and, you know, yeah, there, there are, um, a lot of substitutes now that are far more prolific. I, I really don't think actually five years ago, it was as easy to find everything as it is now. Now it's, you know, as, especially because of the gluten free, um, 
craze, you know, blowing up, it's uh, you can kind of find wheat free items everywhere. So, you know, I would say flour and sugar, meaning no pasta, no bread, whatever. I wouldn't even go into the rice or the quinoa or any of that with them until they came back and they would say, wow, it's so weird. You know, those hives I had, they, they seem like they really went away. Do you think I'm allergic? Do you think I have celiacs? Do you think I'm allergic to gluten? Do you think I have a sensitivity? And of course, I'm not a doctor. I'm an esthetician. But the proof is in the pudding, as they say, the paleo pudding, because... The proof in, is in the pimples, apparently. Yeah, the proof is in the pimples, <laughs> indeed. I noticed my skin, you know, yep. was radically better mm-hmm. when I didn't eat grains Me too. Um, and didn't eat sugar and, you know, kept my diet very low sugar. Uh, I notice it in my boyfriend's daughter because when she's really strict, her skin is amazing and she notices, you know, and, and I saw sure. it over and over and over with so many different various ailments or combinations thereof. And you know, people were like, wow. So then they would, they would oftentimes go further down the path. Like, well, what else can I do? You know? Oh, okay. Well, maybe let's talk about your diet in general. You know, what, what processed foods do you eat? And I really started to talk to people (laughs) about nutrition in a different way. Obviously I'd always talk to people about nutrition, but I was a vegetarian, so it was a different story. And I understood the big picture so much more that I started to talk to people about nutrition in a different way, which, as we know, led me to uh, want to become an expert. Yeah, let's, uh, we'll talk about, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. So before we do, though, it, on the last note of vegetarian, if someone's out there right now listening or has a vegetarian relative or or someone's out there who's a vegetarian or a vegan, and they're experiencing the same kind of problems you are, and they, they're open to reconsidering, you know, maybe dabbling or trying it, what would be an overall, you know, sound of encouragement to those people or words of wisdom that you would like to give them? Well, everyone has their own path and their own journey, obviously. But I think that when you tie your identity into your vegetarianism, it is really difficult to let go of, uh, let go of that. So I get it. And I just think you have to do what's right for you. I'm not dissing vegetarians. I'm not saying it's a horrible way to live. Everybody should do what works for them. But I also know that I am a homo sapien species and I am an omnivore and what I'm doing for me now makes me happy, makes me healthy. I chose vegetarianism because I thought I was doing the right thing for my health. And ultimately it was not the right thing for my health. And there are a lot of tools out there. There's, there are a lot of books. There is a lot of information, good and bad, obviously. And I just think the, the more, the, the more you keep on looking towards human diet right doing the evolutionary research just doing dabbling a little bit more into the history and um of us of humans yeah yes of humans and how humans came to be human and how humans eat in general and i'm not saying you can't be a vegetarian i mean i know people who are vegetarians i know people who are vegans and take supplements right i personally don't want to have to supplement with amino uh, acids anything, you know, uh, or anything synthetic or who knows where it came from or what its, you know, purity level is or, or et, et cetera. So I like to, I am a really firm believer in a lot of things can be caused by diet and a lot of things can be cured by diet. And if you go down that path and you experiment on yourself You'll find out the same things. You'll you'll end up reaching the same conclusions. Right, right, and just to be open to it. So let's get into then, you know, you took it then to a whole new level, <laughs> not just trying and dabbling and eating meat and now, you know, a total omnivore, but you went and got certified. You did the Primal Blueprint Certified Expert Program around the same time I did. We were both sort of one of the first groups of people to do it. And 
what got you excited about it? Well, I love knowledge and uh, <laughs> I've always loved knowledge. And I'm one of those people that I feel like the more I learn about something, the less I realize I know about it. And so I want to know more and know sure. more and know more. Um, that's why I, I went to yoga school because I loved yoga so much. I wanted to know the history. I wanted to know, you know, the sutras, etc. So it was basically the same path for primal. I wanted to know everything. I wanted, you know, I'll never know everything. We all know that, but I want to know as much as I possibly could. And I wanted it packaged by someone I look up to and someone who I think has a wonderful program and someone I trust and someone who I believe has amazing insight and research and is plugged into that community. And, you know, obviously that's Mark Sisson. So when I heard the program was available, you know, I I jumped on it right away because I wanted to learn it all. And you know, it was mind blowing because you think you know so great. Yeah, you think you know so much because you read Mark's Daily Apple and you read the books by all the experts, and you jump into this course and you're like, wow, I I only knew a thimbleful. A scope. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And also, I was just. I was blown away that even though, you know, we took the test, we finished the course, I feel like I want, I actually look forward to reading and rereading the course. Oh yeah. Re- re- I don't know if I look forward to the test, but no, but I mean, <laughs> the I, tests it, were it's hard. tough. Yeah, it's tough. But I, um, I, I'm so fascinated by it. It is such a, actually the, the body of work that is the course, the 500, what not pages or however long it is is really fascinating. And so, yeah, it's really interesting. What, what about the course to you? Like, what was the surprise about the course to you? I mean, obviously a shocker, like how much we didn't know, right. And how much more we needed to, but what were some of the other things that like surprised you or fascinated you that you loved about it? Well, I, um, again, it was, it was difficult and not in a bad way, in a great way. It was challenging you know, I, I got so fired up about it every single time I sat down to work on the course. It was like, wow, this is amazing. This makes me want to live this lifestyle even even more than I already am. And I thought I was before, but there's more I can do. And I love little sound bites. And there's a funny one, or I don't know if it's funny. It's funny to me. Um, funny and sad that I like to quote sometimes because I really like it to be completely dark when I sleep. And uh, there is a, a quote or a statistic in the course about shining a pen light in the back of someone's knee stopped them while they're asleep, stopped them from producing fat burning uh, hormones. And I find that so interesting because when it's time to go to bed, I'll say to myself, oh, got to cover up all the lights and, you know, unplug this and unplug that because I want it dark. And then when the sun comes up, cover the lasers. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So I, and I mean, that's just one of a million. It is a fascinating tidbit. I don't even, you know, my gosh, I don't even remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have have an affinity to to know weird facts like that. So um, I remember it and I like to quote it in the house when everybody's going to bed, you know, make sure you turn everything off and don't look into the bright light. And, (laughs) and it's all really important. And once again, you know, that also could have... be like, you know, poltergeist one sounds a little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little close, right. but that's okay. Yes, that's none of that would have happened. What would you say to people? I mean, I think the course, like you and I both obviously want to be on the end of coaching and helping other people adopt this lifestyle, make the transition to this lifestyle, uh, and way of eating. Um, I also think though, there's people in my life, for example, my brother even, and others that I know that just want to take it who don't want to make a career out of it, but they just are so fascinated. Let's talk a little bit about that. I, I think that this, this certification course is something that whether or not you plan on using it, um, which I've talked to people who are using it in really interesting ways. Someone who's a psychologist who got certified and really feels that the nutritional aspect, as we know of the brain and, and your hormones, blood sugar, et cetera, and how that affects how you can act and sleep and feel. Um, So they're incorporating it into their psychology practice, which I thought was fascinating. And, you know, other people obviously have a weight loss goal, and maybe that's why they're doing it, to reverse some insulin resistance or um, fix a pre-diabetic diagnosis, etc. But I feel that, to me, it just really re-inspired me. And I know it did for you. I really had to take another second, third inventory 
of everything I was eating too. I mean, even though I was still primal and paleo at the time of taking the course, it just re-inspired me to stay on the path. Not that I was thinking about falling off, but I mean, I just think this is something that if, if someone really needs even extra encouragement, who's had an eating addiction or a food obsession, to take this course will seal the deal. Don't you think? I do. I absolutely agree. And I also think, so, you know, maybe, maybe for one person, it will make them analyze their diet and their food choices. But honestly, for me, what it made me do is realize, okay, well, my food choices are are pretty solid, but maybe not all of my other choices. Like maybe I need to make sure I'm outside more Mm -hmm. and getting sunlight because, you know, I work in an office and I sit in a car and then I sit in a house. And it was, it was really the big picture of looking at my whole primal lifestyle and wanting, you know, getting enough sleep, unplugging from technology. I mean, there are so many different areas that we need to keep in mind and they're all important. They're all important. Diet is important. Being outside is important. Relaxing is important. Getting your sleep is important. Unplugging is important. It's all really important. And I love that the course outlined all of that. And it wasn't just about food. Yeah, no. And and the history too was fascinating. I mean, and difficult. Oh, that was was probably the, that was one of the toughest parts of the course when we learn about the Basically, you know, the history of human evolution, which we is went really way fascinating. Back. Yeah, just a little bit back in time. Um, nearing the end here, I want to talk about a couple of our favorite things that we like in the paleo world mm-hmm. uh, that we've discovered. We're both avid cooks. Um, let's talk for a second. You have chickens. You have your own chickens. And, uh, I do. You've got a rooster and you have fresh eggs every morning. What's that been like? You've been doing that for about a year now or so or a year and a half? More? Uh, a year. Actually, their birthday is Uh-oh. January 20th. There, there'll be one. Um, it has been so amazing. I love it. I love having chickens. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, I said uh, to my boyfriend, I want to always have chickens oh. because they are hilarious. <laughs> they are not difficult to care for. Obviously, they require care, but they're not difficult to care for. And you know, I'm very particular about what they eat. Obviously, uh, my chickens eat grain free. Um, I'm getting pastured eggs because my chickens are allowed to pasture. And what pet gives you breakfast? I don't know another pet that gives you <laughs> breakfast every day, but my That's chickens great. give me breakfast. And the eggs are amazing. And you know, I, I always liked eggs, and I'm so glad I still do. I, I literally never tire of them. I could eat eggs for breakfast every single day or lunch or dinner. Um, I love eggs and it's been a really, uh, fun thing to do. Nice. Another couple of things that you've gotten into one is, and you have a video on your website, which is paleoagent.com and, uh, about making bone broth. And let's talk about that. I recently made your bone broth and it was delicious and amazing. And I froze some of it, of course. And, you have gotten really into that, and I know probably that entry gateway into that was, again, that the subject of inflammation. Can you talk a little bit about your love for bone broth and how you got into doing that? Sure. Um, I do love bone broth, and I find it to be, similar, similarly to coconut oil, I find it to be kind of a cure-all. Um, it is full of gelatin which is amazing. And I don't want to say difficult to get in your diet, but it's not easy to get in your diet. And it, you know, the bones break down and then we have gelatin and then we can drink it in our delicious bone broth. It's simple to make. The gelatin is great for your skin. It's great for collagen production, which is obviously great for your skin. It's great for your joints, glucosamine, uh, chondroitin, all of the anti-inflammatory joint lubricating properties of those. You can take a pill from the drugstore or you can get it from your food. And as I said, I like to get it from my food. I like to get everything possible from my food. And 
I love making bone broth. I use it as a base for soups. I use it to steam vegetables, to saute uh, vegetables, to make, to deglaze a pan, which is actually my favorite because it makes a delicious I, By the gravy. way, you and your boyfriend told me about that the other night out to dinner. And then I did it a few days later. I got a bone-in beef shank and I was cooking that up. And at the end, after I removed it, the crusties and the yummies that were in the pan, I did a little bit of a, a beef broth, bone broth move and, you know, scrunched up all those yummies in the oh, pan. It's, it's just delicious. It is so delicious to take your pastured animal, cook it on a cast iron pan, pour your bone broth that you made into the cast iron pan and deglaze that pan with that broth and pour it over your meat. It's like, I mean, it's probably as close to a caveman as I'm ever going to get. And, and I love it and it's delicious and it's satisfying and it. I drink really? it for breakfast sometimes because, well, I started to. I've only made it a, about three weeks ago or so. But I, I like having it in the fridge, and I'm not really often hungry in the mornings. I'll have some coconut butter sometimes. Occasionally I'll have eggs. But usually before a workout, I don't really eat. But I love just having a nice little couple of shots of bone broth. It feels like I'm getting something in there, and it feels satisfying in a way that uh, is still really super light, you know, before going on a long hike or something. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. A lot of people like to just have a mug of bone broth as Delicious. a meal replacement. Um, I hate to use that word, but you know what I mean. As a meal replacement and or something that's super good for me. You know, bone broth is known to alleviate symptoms of leaky gut, uh, IBS. It's so amazing for your digestive system. People who are constipated start using bone broth and notice they're, they're having a much better elimination. People who have IBS and they're going too much, they start using bone broth and they notice they're having symptoms, their symptoms are going away. There are so many things that bone broth, the delivery of those minerals and that gelatin are really amazing for your general health. Let's, let's talk about sources for, for that, right? So, you know, in the search for grass-fed and, you know, animals raised in ways that are aligned with paleo principles. We have a, you have a couple of favorites. You have two that you sort of almost exclusively get your meat from, and you get, you know, oxtails, and I've seen, I've seen your freezer. I, I've seen, that's, <laughs> it, you know what it is? It, for, it's actually, it's a vegetarian's nightmare, is your freezer. Oh, yeah, which is oh, definitely. Is, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's totally like a vegetarian's nightmare in there, but, yeah. um, but our heaven. So tell us about, you have a couple favorites that you like. I do. I love Tendergrass Farms. Oh, yeah. And uh, they deliver right to your door. I also love AG Local. Um, also, you know, really high quality meat. You know, once I started to eat meat, other than liquor store bacon, um, <laughs> I <laughs> I wanted to make I'm sure I'm really that... glad you, uh, you finally <laughs> elevated yourself to move yes. beyond that. <laughs> yeah, I did pretty quickly. Um, I, you know, I, I, I had learned that if I'm going to eat an animal, the animal needs to have eaten properly as well. And I learned the differences in, okay, corn-fed beef has this nutritional breakdown. Grass-fed beef has this nutritional breakdown. Cows aren't really supposed to eat corn, so obviously I don't want to eat that cow. And I'm supporting, you know, responsible farming and responsible ecosystem of the world by supporting that kind of farming. And I uh, I love Tendergrass Farms. And yeah, I love to get, you know, what many people would think is weird stuff from them. Um, I'll try, I'll try anything now. Now I will. And yeah, Tendergrass and AG Local, I love. And I save all of my bones from every pastured animal so that I can make my bone broth. Nice. And uh, there's one I really like. I love uh, Diamond Mountain Ranch. They do wholesale and mail order by request. But if you're local to Southern California, just check out their website, diamondmountainranch.com. You can find a list of the Southern California farmers markets that they frequent. And they do lamb, poultry, uh, bison, you know, everything, the full gamut. Um, if you're interested in coaching with Eli, Eli, you've got a, a bone broth video, speaking of bone broth, on your website, paleoagent.com. You offer paleo coaching uh, to people. 
and through phone or sometimes in person if locally. And again, that's paleoagent.com. And tell us a little bit about your coaching and, and what you are excited about. I am excited to make people be all they can be, basically. Um, you know, I have uh, a friend, more of a business acquaintance, actually, that I've been talking to him about Paleo Primal Life for mm, eight months. And it finally just clicked for him about two months ago. And what do you know? He feels a million times better. He was able to go off his statins. He was able to go off his blood pressure medication. I'm not saying anyone should do that without talking to their doctor first. Yep. I'm just saying this was his personal experience. And this is someone who, you know, straight up told me I was crazy out of the gate. You're crazy. You can't eat that much fat. That's not good for you. And it was funny because it took me back to my foray into the world of meat and thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to have a heart attack? Am right. I eating too much fat? Is this bad for me? Because that is the false misconception based on terrible evidence that every such as conventional flawed wisdom, as Marxism would say, that, you know, we've all, we're all a victim of. Conventional wisdom, entrenched dog, dogma. I still turn on the TV and listen to nutritionists touting fat-free yogurt with fat-free granola with fruit for breakfast. And I think to myself, thanks for the sugar bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for the uh, (laughs) pre-diabetes food plan. Don't worry. You'll be hungry in an hour because there's nothing in there that's going to make you fall. Have some more yogurt if you fall. Uh, Yeah. Thanks again, Eli, for joining us. We've had a great time talking with you. Thank you. And if anyone is interested in coaching with Eli, you can go to her website, paleoagent.com. That's paleoagent.com. And uh, she also has a how-to video on bone broth if you're interested in looking at that. If you're interested in coaching with me, I am paleoprimalcoach.com. And once again, thanks for joining us here at the Primal Blueprint Podcast. For more information, go to primalblueprint.com. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Safeguard your health with the most comprehensive all-in-one nutritional supplement on the planet. Primal Nutrition's Damage Control Master Formula. Forget mixing and matching with multiple bottles of individual agents. Now you can just take a single packet of the most potent and optimally balanced multivitamin, multimineral, antioxidant formula available on the market. You'll enjoy complete immune system, cardiovascular, memory, nerve, bone, liver, and anti-stress support. And much more. With 51 research-proven ingredients, Damage Control Master Formula helps you combat oxidative damage in every cell and every system in your body. And shore up any dietary shortcomings with complete protection. Order Damage Control Master Formula today at PrimalBlueprint.com and check out the incredible free shipping offer for our convenient and custom-designed auto-ship program.